Hi, I'm Jago Wynn and welcome to the HTC Daily Podcast. We as a church are meeting daily on Zoom to speak to God in prayer and to hear from God in the Bible. For those of you who can't join us live or who want to listen again, we're featuring the daily Bible thought as we journey through the book of Acts and we're also including how we're being encouraged to pray each day. Today, it's Amanda Bell. Um, Good morning. Paul is on trial and just to recap so far, we've met Ananias, the whitewashed wall of a high priest who's corrupt and hypocritical. Then Tertullus, the lawyer, who has been something of a corrupt sycophant. And finally, Felix, who we later find out in the passage is both weak and also politically motivated. So this might seem like quite a dire situation. And when I read this, the first thing that came to mind was that Paul is living out Jesus's words to the disciples in Matthew when he says, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them. And as James reminded us yesterday, Paul sees this as uh, another opportunity to witness about Jesus. So let's read his defence. So when the governor motioned for him to speak, Paul replied, I know that for a number of years you have been a judge over this nation, so I gladly make my defence. You can easily verify that no more than 12 days ago I went up to Jerusalem to worship. My accusers did not find me arguing with anyone at the temple or stirring up a crowd in the synagogues or anywhere else in the city. And they cannot prove to you the charges they are now making against me. However, I admit that I worship the God of our ancestors as a follower of the way which they call a sect. I believe everything that is in accordance with the law and that is written in the prophets. And I have the same hope in God as these men themselves have, that there will be a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. So I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. And Paul begins his defence before the governor. He's been accused of disturbing the peace, stirring up riots, of being the ringleader of the Nazarenes, which is described in verse 5 practically like a cult. But he ends by saying in verse 16, I strive to keep my conscience clear, clean before God and man. And as James asked us yesterday, are you willing to be examined? Our lives, to a certain extent, are always on show to other people. We all make judgments based on, you know, what hairstyle you have, what car you drive. But ultimately, we will all have to give an account of our lives before God. And here Paul is before man and before God. And what marks him out, what gives him this uncanny calm, despite every situation all the way through Acts, is that he fears God before man. And it's so simple, but so profound. The fear of man will prove to be a snare, but the fear of God will be a fountain of life. And to live in faith before God, because the righteous will live by faith. And all the way through the end of Acts, Paul is looking ahead to when he will go to Rome. And when he eventually writes to the Romans, he preaches about the righteousness that comes by faith. The whole reason that he's on trial is because he has preached this righteousness to Jew and to Gentile alike. And to um, avoid a discourse on Romans, though Jago has written a book on it, um, for this morning's passage, uh, Paul lives in complete confidence before governors, corrupt lawyers and authorities because he knows that the righteous man will live. He will not face God's judgment, but because of his faith, he has eternal life. 
Our future is secure and our consciences are clean because of what Jesus did on the cross. And this morning, if we too are trusting in Jesus for our righteousness, living by faith, then we can be free from the fear of man. And a slide is going to come up with all of those verses throughout the Bible, repeating that promise that the Lord is with me. What can man do to me? If we're living in the fear of God first, if we're walking in trust, confidence and wonder before him as the apple of his eye, then what can man do to me? You are already saved. And it means we're unashamed to witness about our lives. You're not trusting in yourself, but in Jesus. So you're free to testify about your life because it's a product of his grace. It's all on him, not on you. We don't need to be bound by the fear of judgment, of condemnation, of laughter, of rejection, of unimportance or mediocrity. You are set free from the fear of man when you live in holy, happy fear before God. And from his own pharisaical background, Paul knew that self-righteous people tend to justify themselves by blaming others. A self-righteous hypocrite justifies himself through comparison or through blaming others for his own sins. And at no point here does Paul point a finger at those accusing him unjustly. He doesn't say, actually, it was you that stirred up the argument. Somebody who is confident in Christ doesn't need to lash out in self-defence or make excuses because they know that their testimony is valid. So he makes his defence. He deals first with the allegations, denying what is not true and admitting what is. He shows the orthodoxy of his beliefs from the law, the prophets, and that he too shares in the Jewish hope of the resurrection. So his whole defence is an invitation to trust in the righteousness that comes by faith. Because we are all sinners. In Romans, Paul writes that all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. I'm no better than you and you are no better from me. There's no better description of the gospel than of one beggar telling another where to find bread. The righteous have something to give away, even to our enemies. And in Matthew 10, which I quoted earlier, and in Luke, Jesus talks about being dragged in front of our enemies or rulers or authorities. And he says, do not be afraid of them, these mere mortals. I will give you words to say by my Holy Spirit. And that is as true for Paul then as it is for us this morning. One day we will all give an account of our lives, but my conscience is clean before God and man if I'm trusting in the righteousness that comes by faith. And when that day comes and we see our Lord Jesus face to face, we can say to him, here I am. I ran my my race. I fought the good fight. And you might say that's all very well in abstract, Amanda. We're living in Zoom on 21st century London in a pandemic and we're not in first century Caesarea on trial. But I think we all have a fresh invitation every morning to trust in Jesus, whether it's for the first time or the a thousandth time. Trusting in Jesus is about relying on him. And that's a conscious choice every day, which we can do every day as if nothing had yet been done. The righteous will live. We have an eternal hope. And I want to end with a classic quote from uh, good old Clive Staples about the life of faith. And he says, to have faith in Christ means, of course, trying to do all that he says. There would be no sense in saying you trusted a person if you would not take his advice. Thus, if you have really handed yourself over to him, it must follow that you are trying to obey him. But trying in a new way, a less worried way, not doing these things in order to be saved, but because he has begun to save you already. 
not hoping to get to heaven as a reward for your actions, but inevitably wanting to act in a certain way because a first faint gleam of heaven is already inside you. So this morning, let's live the life of faith. Amen. Thanks, Amanda. And this morning we prayed for uh, those who work in the sphere of politics and government uh, with tonight's uh, Seven Spheres of Influence session with the Connect Groups being in that uh, sphere and with Amanda's talk being about Paul before uh, the governor. So please do pray uh, for the Prime Minister, the Cabinet, uh, for MPs, Uh, for those many in our church who work as civil servants or in politics and government. And we also prayed for those struggling in uh, these times in our church family, uh, for those who are feeling isolated and alone. And please do keep praying for them. And we prayed that whilst a quiz doesn't solve the problem, it's Jesus who solves the problem, that the um, HTC quiz this Sunday, coming Sunday, that that would be a time of uh, joy and connection for our church community. Thanks for praying.